day 294. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm John. And this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. So the book of Philemon. Right. <laughs> um, so much good stuff in this book. I think the main thing and just kind of thinking big picture here, it's not obviously not super long. This is the last of Paul's letters. Right. But the main thing I think the message of this book is, is that the gospel upends and subverts every human social institution that there is. That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, man, what I love is this book is super, super short. Yeah. And I love how you said uh, the gospel upends and subverts. One of the yeah. interesting things that you see here in the book, too, is... It's a short book, and he don't have no extended treatises on, mm. you know, Christ died, he rose, and all that. Paul right. gets straight to the point, yeah. and what he actually does, it's you see, it's as if he's saying, no, 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 it's probably more uh, powerful and impactful mm-hmm. for me to embody what I'm going to say oh, than to good. sit and explain, explain it. it, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's excellent, bro. Um, one so. Essentially, let's not yeah beat around the bush. What's going on? Um, there's a runaway slave named Onesimus, right? And he comes to Paul, and he he runs away from ironically a guy named Philemon, right? Who's this wealthy believer that possibly or most likely got converted through Paul's ministry, right? And he lives in Colossae, and he is uh, he's the head of a household, and in the ancient world. The head of households, you had money, you had slaves. You had slaves. Right. Yep. Um, and so just a, a really quick about slavery in the ancient world. Totally different from the caste system that yep. we've seen in American slavery, where we've seen African Americans right. uh, here um, enslaved. So one in five people in the Greco-Roman world were slaves. Right. Right. It was never based on race. Never race-based. Yep. Emancipation could be purchased. So it... Yep. It wasn't lifelong. It's not like you're a slave and your kids will be slave and yep. your kids' kids will be slaves. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it was sometimes voluntary. Right. Not always. Right. But it was oftentimes voluntary. Right. And it operated on a spectrum. So many people just think, oh, everybody was slaves, they were slaves. So some people were under the category slave and they worked for the government. Right. And could become wealthy. Right. And then there were some who worked in the fields and right. who were extremely poor. Oh, that's good. Um. What else? Um, yeah, so so much stuff. Onesimus is a runaway slave. And one of the things I do want to want to point out here is that even Paul's, like the way he deals with this situation is revolutionary for his time. So you think, <laughs> right, real quick, right, right, right. Aristotle, yeah. one of the most brilliant minds to ever live, um, is on record for saying slaves was this, uh, had the social status of being a thing. Right, mm. and he even called them living tools, and he was a- actually ethnocentric, right. to use their language, yeah. racist to use our language. Right. He he believed that there were the Greeks, yeah, and then everybody else, mm. and that they were a second class of citizens, right. other than the Greeks. Yeah. So 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 just to put everything in perspective, right. how Paul is dealing with this issue here is revolutionary and shows us so much of the Christian ethic. One scholar says this, bro. He says, um. The epistle to Philemon brings us into an atmosphere in which the institution of slavery could only wilt and die. Mm. 
That's so good, bro. Yeah. yeah. Yo, and what I love about this text is on and on and on, Paul isn't, right? Uh, when Paul is appealing for him to change, yeah. look, this is beautiful. Paul is not going to appeal to him to follow rules and regulations. So look, mm, Paul has authority yeah. over Philemon as an apostle. And so Paul's saying, yo, I could flex I could, and I could tell really you what right. to do, right? So <laughs> yeah. I could tell you what to do and yeah. you have to listen. However, look, I want to embody this. And Paul's going to say, I want to appeal to you out of love. On the basis of love. Yeah. And then what he does is Paul says, look, bro, hmm. I'm an apostle and I'm an old head too. Yeah, and yeah. I'm in chains. So I've earned these stripes. Mm. And Paul's like, man, I'm going to continue to come down, to come down, to come down. And I'm going to refer to you as a brother mm. and a partner. So then when he brings in Onesimus, Paul's going to like, yo, that's like my son. yo." Mm. So then Paul takes this slave yeah. who uh, uh, Philemon and Onesimus would have this class difference yes. and because paul has already humbled himself mm. now he puts himself on the same plane with onesimus mm. and then mm. he brings in philemon and says yo mm. we're all a family and you see how mm. paul is look in philippians 2 paul explains mm. what it is that we should have the mind of christ jesus yeah in philemon paul right here is embodying what this actually looks like Oh, that's excellent, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, one of the main words uh, that he uses here is this word koinonia. Right. Right. And mm. so in, in many translations, like we use the CSB, he it's participation, but it's also in the New Testament uh, fellowship. Um, and it's just this word that has a ton of meaning. And in this text, Paul is saying like, hey, man, like I'm praying that your participation in the faith may be effective. In other words, this fellowship that we have around the messiah jesus right. i'm praying that it shows up right now mm. how because we have fellowship with jesus means we have fellowship with one another right and it actually levels the playing field as you were saying yeah it levels the playing field of everybody regardless of any class right. status or race that you have in the world right because you're united to christ and he's saying you ought to act on the basis of that right not on the basis of the social institution of the world right and we see that the gospel has the power to just to change everything. So if Onesimus, many people say Onesimus stole something from, right. from uh, Philemon. If he if he did that and they were nobody was Christian, he stole some. Paul sends him back. It's going to be a wrap for Onesimus. Right. Like it's going to be some problems. He's yeah. going to have to deal with the consequences. And we see Paul here is like, no, 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 we're Christians. Yeah, right. We don't we don't we don't do things that way. Yeah, and so Paul says this right, and this is how you know right. This is what I love right, like. So we say, you know, the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We yep. come to it to look through it and see God, right? As we look and see God, we talked about this in Titus mm -hmm. yesterday. We uh, reflect God in the world, yeah. right? By reflecting on the goodness of God. Amen. Amen. And you see Paul, look, being a reflection of Christ. So Paul says this, yo, listen, I know Onesimus did you wrong, mm -hmm. but listen, mm -hmm. If he did any wrong, charge that to my account. To my account. That's I'm good. willing to pay for his wrong yes. so that, look, not you just receive him back as a slave and it's all good. Mm. I am willing to take his wrong so that now you receive him back, 
not just as a foe that you've forgiven, mm. but as a family member. Mm. And now when he comes back, there's, mm. there's something radical about y'all's interaction, right? And so yeah. this is where the gospel shines forth. When the outside world looks yes, and, yes, and they yes. say, yo, something's radical about the way that y'all act. Like, Amen. it's radical enough just to forgive somebody that did you wrong, mm. but you forgave somebody that did you wrong and you're treating him better now mm. than when he was in your good graces before. Come on. What is that? And then as a result of embodying it, yeah. Philemon has the opportunity to explain the goodness of the gospel to passersby. And we see the power mm. of what can take place uh, when, you know, forgiveness is really yeah. uh, um modeled and embodied there was somebody that said um you know forgiveness is the virtue that's uniquely ours mm. as christians yeah. there's a lot of other things in the world right mm. we're supposed to be joyful there's a lot of other people that have yeah yeah, yeah, yeah smiles on their face we're supposed to be kind there's a lot of folks yeah. that are kind we are supposed to forgive mm. and what we say is no no look, look we corner the market mm. on forgiveness. We're supposed to do that better than anybody else. Mm, yeah, and I think that's uh, um, goes hand in hand with the idea of reconciliation. Right. right? I think it's mm. a necessary um, prerequisite because it's like, man, again, they're supposed to be enemies. Right. right. And to become family means that they become reconciled. And the reconciliation that humans have here, regardless right. of social status, regardless of race, regardless of class, regardless of gender, right. is meant to point us to the reconciliation we have with God yeah. and the reconciliation of all things yeah. when God brings the entire universe under his lordship and into harmony. Amen. God, as we look through the window of your word into what you've done for us, the way that you've provided forgiveness yes, and reconciliation for us, we pray that you would help us to do that exact same thing in the world. So, Jesus, we love you. We thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.